and he's healed and he finds salvation in the only one with whom it can be found. And it is a marvelous, incredible thing. The crowd was marveling because they knew Charlie. He had been there for years. And all of a sudden he's, he's jumping and running and following after these guys. It was amazing. And then, of course, as the crowd gathers, Peter has opportunity to preach. And so the last time we met, we talked about that message, that speech that he gave, and it was a model for us on how to share the gospel. Well, this incident isn't quite over. Remember chapter uh, divisions and all that? Some monk, whenever year that was, that went through and did us all a favor to give us chapter divisions and verses and all that. Uh, don't be fooled. Acts 4 carries right on. And um, what we're going to see then, oh, I'm sorry, here, just because that makes me feel better. I just did this. Okay, um, so we're going to jump in with uh, 22 verses in uh, Acts chapter 4. And I have, uh, besides breaking my own rule to do a series this long, which is going to be long, but it's going to be worth it, um, I've also been trying to mix it up a little bit. I occasionally talk about learning styles. You're pretty much going to get what I, you know, my default, whatever I think I do best, what I, you know, my approach and style and whatever. But um, sometimes I've had guys read the long passage and then talk about it. Sometimes different. So I don't, anyway, trying to mix it up a little for all of you that uh, we all have different learning styles. I'm going to have. Can you read? Oh, you can. You can kind of read that. So I'm going to have that up. But I'm going to tell it. Talk about it. And uh, then we'll do more than that. But so if you don't have an app or a, a Bible open, you can see it up here. This is the first half, and I'm going to talk about it. Gonna, so keep your attention between me and it. Thank you very much. So um, the ruckus, I like saying that word because Acts has a couple of really important ruckuses. The one with the tongues of fire is the funnest one, right? But anyway, so there's been some ruckus. What would be the plural of ruckus? Ruckai? Anyway, or is that the singular? Maybe that's the singular. Anyway, so there was this ruckus, and um, the crowd, that's why Peter preached, but now it turns out that the ruckus has also attracted the attention of some other people, some authority-type people. And we see then that this passage, this section, starts off with a couple of important people. Just for those of you that like to know these things... The priests, they were the kind of people that helped, it's pretty obvious, helped in the temple. They helped offer sacrifices. They were the worker, in a lot of ways, the worker bees for the whole sacrificial system. The captain of the temple guard, he's like second in command only to the high priest. So he's kind of an important guy. And then there were these Sadducees, what you, you remember, Pharisees, Sadducees, these religious experts, these religious leaders, these guys that were really smart and learned. And Sadducees were actually... Uh, I'm going to hit you with a word here. You're all going to know how smart I am. But um, bum, they were an arist. Er I can't. Even nice choke. Uh, they were aristocrats. The Sadducees were. So you've heard Sadducees, Pharisees, and Sadducees are one of those big uh, groups that was experts in uh, Jewish all things Jewish law. And they a lot of Sadducees were made up. What we're going to see here in a minute, the Sanhedrin. That was this uh, Jewish authority. Seventy-one guys that. Uh, handled all things Jewish in this part of the world. You know, we can't really, I don't, I don't know, some of you that have a more civic sort of uh, background or civil uh, uh, history even, uh, the Romans were ultimately in charge, but remember they tried to let some of the homogenous groups lead themselves, right? So that's why uh, we just got past Holy Week and Easter. The Jewish leaders came to Pilate and said, look, 
you know, this guy deserves death because, and Pilate's like, it's not my problem, go to Herod, or it's not, he's your guy, but there was a limit, we can't execute anyone, right? Well, that, that sort of thing continues on after the resurrection and ascension, and um, uh, so uh, these guys were important, but let's not, they weren't the, the Roman authorities, but they were important because, again, as we've established with these crowds, largely, mostly, probably, Jewish people. Um, and it turns out that these guys kind of were like upset. And so it turns out they saw the ruckus and they're like, hey, 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 what's going on here? And they listen a little bit to Peter and it's like, wait, what is he? What? He's talking about this Jesus guy again. Ah. And so by verse th- only already by verse 3, that's, uh, that word seized, as I understand it, is a very forceful word. It wasn't, hey, Peter, can we talk? You're talking about Jesus. It was grab them, and they grab them, and, and, and they uh, throw them in jail because it's evening, and it's like, look, banker's hour's here, but we want you off the streets. You're causing that ruckus. Get in jail, and um, we're going to deal with you tomorrow. And it turns out then this wonderful uh, verse 4, uh, even in the middle of all this, many people believed. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because here all this ruckus is going on, but Peter's speaking really clearly, and it turns out that they add to their number even more. Remember, it was 3,000 a chapter ago, now we're up to five. And that's only men, according to this, so what about wives and uh, families? So uh, I just wanted to point out from the first four little section to say, look what's happening, the effects of the miracle of the guy being healed and trusting Jesus, we have to assume, but it's not necessarily, but the miracle happens, Peter speaks, and there's a negative thing, they get arrested, and there's a very positive thing, the number of believers grows. Isn't that the way God works sometimes? Something positive out of something negative. That's a minor thing today. Let's go on with the story. Uh, Tangent, or aside, remember I kind of picked Acts because I'm a story guy, and so I like these stories to come out well. So there you go. Just don't forget that part. So next day, uh, Peter and John in prison. Next day, they they call them out. Okay, what's going on here? Um, uh, And again, the Sanhedrin... Uh, what did I say? 71 guys. I, I read some stuff that they kind of sat in this big semicircle so you could see all of your judges or whatever, and then you could all be addressed. And they had, it's, we don't know culturally, traditionally, historically, maybe exactly how all these things went, but it kind of looks from this picture, besides the accused coming in with maybe some guards and the whole Sanhedrin sitting there, crowds, or some form of crowds could be around because we're going to see in a little that apparently the heel guy is still hanging around. And we don't think he was arrested, but he's uh, obviously exhibit A. <laughs> and so uh, we don't know all that, but all of a sudden this is obviously a scene here. And the, uh, verse 6 talks about some of the important guys that were there. Again, remember, Luke's point was, I want to be historically accurate. I want to make sure we know that this is the truth, because that was one of the things he was very much interested in. They have him come out and say, uh, I don't know, maybe the, the dumbest thing they could ask. No, I don't, that's, that's, that's harsh, sorry. By what power or what name did you do this? Haven't you been listening? <laughs> okay, but anyway, okay. But verse 8, we have to be struck by this. Um, we are not 
per se, as a denomination or a group of churches, particularly what we used to talk about being charismatic, whatever that means to you, okay? But there is no ignoring verse 8, because it happens every time Peter's going to say something to a crowd. Everybody, what does it say? Peter was filled with... How about that? So here's the ruckus, and here's all of a sudden the accuse, you know, these guys saying, wait, wait, what are you up to? And Peter, before he even speaks, is filled with the Spirit of God that just came, you know, a few couple days ago. And all of the wonderful implications of that. I don't want you to lose sight of that because we're dipping in and out of Acts. Remember, Whatever else you think about the filling of the Holy Spirit, we go from one uh, temple where God's Spirit was represented by sometimes a cloud, but often fire, and that fire has now been spread not to a place, even symbol, you know, it's been spread to each of us that trust in Jesus. It's remarkable. So whatever that means, that initial, I trust Jesus and God is present somehow, there's so many examples we're going to see in Acts where then the writer Luke says, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. No, ex I'm no expert on this. I'm still trying to figure it out myself and I'm not a young man anymore. And it's something about saying the Holy Spirit has to work for you to be effective, for you to be what God wants you to do, what God wants you to do. So don't lose sight of that. We're going to talk about more of that in a minute. Let's get through the story. Whew. Peter's filled with the Spirit, and he again basically tells them the story. Well, he reminds them, yeah, what you saw, a guy got healed. That was all God. And, and he, the guy's here, you know. And um, um, just, I, I do want to read, this is so important for us to read. Verse 9, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel know this. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, um, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. So what you see immediately is Peter's like, hey, it might be tempting. Uh, I, I might be tempted to make some of the emphasis on myself, or I might be tempted to put it somewhere else, but let me make it very clear. This is all about Jesus. And he does have a few words for, you know, I don't know. He's filled with the Spirit, so it's God's plan. We must assume, but by 11, you know, and you guys rejected him. Scripture talked about this. But then again, verse 12, so important. It's the heart of the gospel. It's so basic, so simple, so crucial. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. And, you know, I like to create little scenarios. I'm assuming all these leaders are like, you know, they're just getting a little more worked up as we go. And Peter's just preaching away. <laughs> I got to love it. Well, the story goes on. And they're like, you know, I think we have to uh, assume that they probably did some grilling back. And this wasn't just super quick. This was Luke's way of sort of summarizing the whole encounter. Um, and so... Uh, Interesting comments, then, that these guys find about these guys, that they, uh, Peter and John, that they've got in front of them. They realize who they are. First of all, they're, like, they're not even that smart. They're unschooled. They're ordinary guys. Wow, how are they talking with such boldness and courage, they kind of wonder. They're unschooled, um, ordinary. They might even be fishermen, for all we know. And um, uh, they took note of that. 
And you know what they took note of? Huh. In, light, in spite of all that, they aren't schooled. They're just ordinary guys working stiffs, blue collar. They were with Jesus. <laughs> right? And so uh, it doesn't say much except to say that they took note of him. And then this little uh, interlude, and if you've looked at the questions group leaders that are doing questions, this is the part I just thought might be kind of a fun sort of uh, wondering what these guys are up to. Uh, they could see the guy was right there with him. There was nothing they could say. They ordered them, okay, you guys go over there. We're going to figure out what to do. And they talk among themselves in verse 16. What are we going to do? Everyone that saw this, they've seen the sign. We can't deny it. <laughs> okay, the question I ask, and the que why wouldn't these guys go, oh, this just might be God working. And I, I, I couldn't resist this, that, you know, it feels like this with some of these religious leaders right you know look my mind's made up don't confuse me with the facts the guy is standing right here they knew charlie too and peter has just said i'm not magic it's not me jesus okay the guy you crucified which has to get them all excited i'm sure but he here it is and I, this just felt like this is what they i don't know maybe that helps or not but so that might be something interesting to talk about in groups but they are determined to now obviously um even though they're they're determined to stifle this movement. So what we have said about Acts, it is, the new, it is the movement of Jesus after his ascension. Crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. A lot of shuns. <laughs> and this is the uh, movement moving forward. And now here we see these guys saying, maybe we would like this movement to stop. So the, uh, the story ends by them saying, okay, look, look, um, We've decided that uh, you can't speak in his name anymore. <laughs> I think Peter must have gone, are you serious? So, uh, oh, verse 19, right? Um, you guys are religious leaders. You're supposed to be looking out for God's stuff, and you're saying that we should listen to you and not him? You guys decide. Come on, what's right here? As for us, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. So this story then ends with them saying, all right, all right, we're telling you, don't speak and preach in Jesus' name. Don't talk about that guy anymore, and you can get out of here. And they're like, sure, okay, fine, but we're going to keep doing it. And I love this. This is, uh, I alluded to this in chapter 3. The man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Again, he's standing right there. Everybody knew Charlie. You got to see this is a mighty miracle thing. And again, I could go back to that picture, but don't confuse me with the facts. We need to squash this. And that seems to be the whole um, point of the authorities getting involved. So here, here's what happens in that story. We've already seen these ruckuses, ruckai. I like that. We'll see if it holds. Uh, we've seen these different ruckuses in Acts and people being attracted. All of a sudden, the difference is now, in chapter 4, we see the authorities taking notice. This is the first time. And not only are they taking notice, but they are determined to oppose the spreading of the movement. And that movement is really the Jesus movement. So just so we know what's going on, uh, even when... Uh, Pentecost came it wasn't hey stop stop being filled with God's spirit it wasn't that it was just the crowd saying hey what's going on oh I can understand you know there was ruckus like that and then uh, other time you know the first couple of times in Peter's preaching it it was all sort of benign you know but now 
excuse me, we, we have a turn. The authorities are interested. And their interest is a bummer. Now remember, Jewish authorities, generally speaking, at this point, we're still in the Jerusalem phase of the map of Acts to spread the gospel and be Jesus' witnesses. Um, the, the Roman authorities don't have to feel threatened. Because they're in Rome, and they can do what they want with their little religions and whatever, it's all fine. But the Jewish authorities, they had to take note because this, this was not good for them. And it might be an interesting question, I can't remember if I asked it exactly, but as you think about this, what was going on with those religious leaders? Why were they opposing this so much? Might be an interesting question. But so we see that happening. And so, with the authorities now getting involved, they have the nerve to say, we're going to tell you, quit speaking in Jesus' name. And just want to remind you, again, the, the big two verses that we have today. Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? And everybody said, duh. <laughs> you be the judges. As for us, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And again, the angel gave us a mission. We are to be his witnesses, so you can tell us to stop, but we're not gonna. And so that brings us probably to the heart of the matter for a passage like this. It's this idea of obeying God instead of humans. Now, this is not a new thing to, to most of us. But what does it look like for us today then, if we're using Acts and all these stories as examples for us, how do we follow Jesus well? How do we be, how do we be good disciples? We want to obey God instead of humans, absolutely, right? But we also want to do that well. Because I don't have to go far in this dialogue to say we know that there are Christian groups throughout history that have not obeyed God instead of humans well. We can think of abuses and negligence and violence and, and just terrible things that were done in the name of, not, you know, of obeying God and not people. You know what I mean? I hope you do in a little bit because we're going to talk about it. So how do we do this well? Because we would all agree, of course, we just talked about if God's the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus, uh, and, and, and he's seating on his throne, why would we, yeah, we're, gonna, we're absolutely going to obey him and not people, right? Right. But what does that look like? So here's what I want to suggest today. And I, you know, prayed over this, uh, pondered the passage uh, I'll admit, this is a lot of Kurt mixing in what I think uh, the passage is trying to say, but, um, so it's somewhat arguable, but here we go. We want to obey God, not people, or not humans. We want to do that well. The first thing, I already alluded to it. I'm going to talk about this some more. We need to be open. We need to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've admitted not a young man anymore, and I don't know always what that means. But I sure want to be open to that. Now, some of us are like, oh, no, 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 no. That seems like a really intimate thing. And God, you know, really doing something with me that might be out of the ordinary. Oh, that's just frightening. Yes, it is. Do you trust God that he has the best for you? That he wants to pull off his purposes in you? So I don't know what it looks like. But we have to be open to being filled with the Spirit. What's happened, this isn't exactly the obeying God, it, it, uh, but the other part of Christendom, disciples well-intentioned or whatever, we've done just some goofy things in the past. Oh, well, you've got to dance around three times and the Spirit of God will come on you. Huh? You know, stuff like that. It isn't that. We have made this too uh, funky too weird to say, God, it's as simple as saying, I want your spirit to fill me so I can do what you've called me to do. 
And that's the, I, I was struck by that on this passage. It's not even oozing, it's just a couple of places. But every time Peter was going to speak, he was filled with the Spirit of God. Again, we know that at some level, I, somebody that's done a lot more study might have percentages or something how God works. I really hope not because that would be watch the lightning bolt. But anyway, um, um, you know, we have God's presence at some level, but there's this filling, this what it looks like to really say, God, I'm open to you. This is a moment. I've got a moment right now and I can't do it alone. Fill me with your spirit so I can do this. Okay, so if we want to obey God, not people well, we need to be open to being filled with God's spirit, whatever that might look, le- look like. Now, there's a couple of mechanical things that I think are important about this. First of all, be certain of the conflict. Uh, I think I'm going to get to modern day illustrations because you're already starting to grind on some of them as you should be. We'll get to all those at the end of the list. Uh, maybe in the middle of the list, can't decide right now. But be certain of the conflict. So this was, you can't speak in Jesus' name. It wasn't, I don't want you hanging out with those people anymore. We're going to disband your group. We're going to, you know, be certain you know what the conflict is, what the, what the authority are telling you. Be certain you know what it is. And similarly, or along with that, don't forget that God has still said that we need to acknowledge and submit to authority. Let that sink in for a minute. You see, so uh, Peter understands, wait, you're saying we can't speak in Jesus' name? Okay, no, we're going to do that. So now, I submit to your authority, whatever you're going to, you, you, you might have to arrest us again. And they will, right? You know, and so there is still an acknowledging to say, you are the authority in my life and I submit to your consequences or whatever might happen, but I will not do that. Okay, again, I want to give you the whole list, and then maybe we'll talk about sort of what we're talking about. Um, Don't let zeal, you could be so adamant to say, no, I am going to preach in Jesus' name, and I'm going to punch this guy for telling me not to. That's zeal. I like it, but you're disobedient because God isn't really into punching leaders. I know that's a hard one to hear. God isn't into punching leaders, for real. He's good. You know, we forget if he's all powerful and all knowing and he's God, he'll take care of things in his own way, in his own time. We don't need to be punching leaders. Just just saying. Okay. So don't let zeal lead to disobedience. We'll, we'll, We'll put this all together in a minute. You've got to maintain a godly attitude or approach because think about the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If you're asking the Spirit of God to fill you, you will be oozing all of these things from Galatians 5 and mean, and vindictive, and rude, (laughs) aren't part of them. Folks, are you with me? So if we really want to obey God and not people, humans well, we have to remember to have our approach and our attitude. And then one more, it's so obvious, but the whole point is to keep your focus on Jesus. Because whatever we're talking about, which we're going to now illustrate in a minute, uh, whatever we're talking about, we don't want to push people farther away from Jesus. We want to draw them in. And how many times in history, even in our recent history, could we argue pretty well to say people can't see Jesus because they're worried about this issue or they're worried about how they're getting it done and they're not having the attitude and approach they should have and they can't see Jesus in it at all. We have to remember if we disobey humans well, they see Jesus in it. So, okay, let's talk about a couple because you know how this has gone. You know, 
take something recent, the whole COVID thing, and there was a, 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 a combined groan. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, right? But so we, this was an area that was difficult for different churches. And so look at the list, and I would say, okay, um, <laughs> did anybody really pray to be filled with God's spirit that was in leadership in some of these churches that took whatever stance? I hope they did. I don't know. And then I just, you got to be certain of the conflict. So the government said, don't meet. Well, what was really going on with that? Were they telling us not to meet because it was about Jesus? No. There were, so I'm just saying, it's still okay for us not to land on the same exact side of a very complex sort of thing. But were we certain of the conflict? And do we know what it means to submit to authority? Okay, let's take something like you can't meet anymore. Fine. You tell us we can't meet anymore? Well, we're going to meet. Well, we're going to fine you. Okay, we'll pay the fine. We're going to put you in jail. Okay, I'm going to go to jail. Do you see what I mean? We have this attitude that leads to these other things. No, I'm going <laughs> <I'm gonna> to punch, <laughs> punch a leader. You know, that leads to this. Or even in your attitude and approach, you can get uh, your zeal can lead to disobedience. And you have to have the whole picture because we want to maintain a godly attitude. We want to point to Jesus. Um, one of the areas that I think you will talk about in groups, if you get to it, is uh, the one, you know, the, the, the abortion issue. It's sideways because it, nothing's a direct correlation, um, but it, you, you understand the overlap, right? And so how do we handle that? Um, uh, too much zeal that leads to disobedience is the guy that blows up a, an abortion clinic. No, dude, you're missing the point here. It's not godly. God's not working through you in that. What does it look like for you to have compassion, peace, love, joy even, to deal with this, to say, no, we don't do abortion, and we don't want to support it, but what does that look like as you submit and acknowledge authority? Does that make sense? Are we getting anywhere? Yeah. I want to, I'm compelled to use an illustration from the Bible in the middle of all this, and I don't even know if this list captures it all, but think about the guys in the fiery furnace. They had their highest authority say, I built this idol. You have to bow down to worship it. So, did they start forming a caucus? Did they start picketing? Did they start finding guys that would defend them in prison? Did they start raising an op opposing army? No. You know what they said? They actually had an audience with the king at that, right? Nebuchadnezzar. And they didn't do any of that. You know what they said, king? You're a pretty good king. But here's the thing. The God who we serve says we shouldn't worship anybody but him. And he can save us if he wants. But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down. Now think about the contrast to some of the approaches and things that we do these days and look how god worked through shadrach meshach and abednego and look at what peter just to point out what i'm talking about here think about peter and john they had the momentum of the crowds everybody knew charlie the crowds are like yeah. they could have said hey are you guys with me we're going to overthrow these sanhedrin guys and we're going to talk about jesus they didn't they didn't they said, look, you guys judge. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. Do what you got to do. Folks, there is something to that for 2022 and beyond. 
There is something to that. So uh, really, as we've done this, I've tried to do things. But for us, what I want you to hear is that list. I'll go back one more time. So it, I, I don't think it's exhaustive, but how we handle obeying God and not using it as an excuse for you know, self-righteous ire and even violence and anger, that is not it at all. So for us, I want you to catch, I'd say, pray about, think about these things. So, but otherwise, a little more of a nutshell. I'm really struck by this idea of filling of the Holy Spirit, what that looks like, because I don't always know. But I want to seek it, and I'd love for the Spirit of God to fill me every time he wants to. Acts is going to be full of these stories. And so for us, and what I was alluding to at the beginning of service to say, it's really interesting to talk with somebody who's wondering about Jesus and wondering what it means to follow him. And it's not VBS, they just pray a prayer. And all that's, we, again, longer conversations. But um, are you taking advantage of any opportunity to show Jesus? Are you taking advantage of every opportunity to share Jesus? Peter and John always did. Uh, this idea of being bold and courageous goes right along with that. So it's not a man be... This is what these religious leaders took notice of. Wow, these guys are... I was going to use a... Oh, I was going to use a... That almost came out. Uh, ask me later. Uh, bold. A bold, courageous sort of... They noticed. And we need to be that way as well as we do those first two things. And then finally... You know, uh, I, I guess this is back to the top, just to say we do want to obey God well in all things, and we don't want any of those other things to be, you know, problematic. I love these stories and acts, and I love going through them. I think they're so important for us. We want to live on mission. We want to live as God wants us to live. We want to be used as God wants to, us to be used, and we don't want to miss any opportunity. So this is what I would just want to encourage you, church, as you think about this section of Acts, you know, are you more like, are you more like Peter? Are you more like one of the leaders? Are you somebody on the sidelines that isn't sure about a lot of things? Where do you fit in that? And, and I, I absolutely concur. We're going to see this come up again in chapter five of Acts. We've got to obey God, not men. And are we using using that well or are we messing it up just enough for our own agenda and our own ideas and missing out on what God has for us now let me be clear I'm not I'm honestly I'm not calling anybody out in, I don't know I, I just want us to be very aware of this as a church so don't think I'm pointing fingers at anybody I'm not but we've seen it in COVID even recently about how you can abuse some of that attitude and we want to be above that and I would love for you to pray every day this week and for the rest of your life that when you wake up, God, fill me with your spirit so you can use me today. Let's pray. God, thank you for, thank you for your word, for the way it speaks to us. Again, all these years later, it's still so appropriate and, and uh, means so much to us. God, I pray that we would know what it means to be filled with your spirit. We would know what it means to keep the focus on Jesus, that we would know what it means to be doing your work and your mission as we live our lives. So I pray you'd be with us in that endeavor. God, encourage us, inspire us, motivate us by the stories of the book of Acts. God, thank you for today, for our, 
our opportunity to worship together. We are so grateful that we can gather here so easily, and I pray, God, that you would bless anyone who gives today to support the ministry today. I pray that you would bless the offerings and tithes as we leave. And God, I pray that you would draw near to each one who needs your touch in any way, a physical touch, an emotional touch, a relationship, whatever that looks like, God, I pray that you would be very real to each one that calls on you and that uh, calls on your name this week. God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for letting us gather this way. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we let you go, groups will start at about 11. Uh, the receptacles are on the way out. I'm going to let Bruce... Head on back, and if you want to talk to Bruce about Gideon's and support his ministry, he's available in the back as well. And um, otherwise, I hope you have a great day. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the weeks ahead, so I hope you come back and we can share worship, communion, and God's word together. Have a great day. Peace.